You may have previously listened to this podcast when it was called the PropTech Ramble, but we realized we were rambling about so much more than just PropTech. So we're back with a brand new series and a brand new name, The Measure Podcast by Metricus. Just like the last series, there'll be no bullshit, but there will be some rambling. I'm Michael Grant, COO and co-founder of Metricus, and I'll bring you a new guest every Wednesday for the next 10 weeks to get the measure of topics such as productivity in the workplace, building efficiencies, sustainable buildings, and ESG. No matter where you're listening, I hope you enjoy the new series and get some value from it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Measure. We are continuing to talk about our pillars, and today's pillar is efficiency. I am joined by Michelle Landon, who is the VP of Global Corporate Real Estate and Workplace Management at Omars. Michelle used to also work for Oxford Properties, who is owned by Omars. So that's one of the reasons we asked Michelle to come on today. So given her previous role and what she used to do within the built environment. So Michelle, thank you very much for joining. And could you introduce yourself so I don't do it very badly for for everyone listening? (laughs) No, thanks for having me on. Michelle Landon, you said my title well enough. It takes about a page, almost like a legal (laughs) sheet of paper and a business card to get through, but you've hit it on the nail on that one. So thank you for being so efficient on that. But yeah, was working with Oxford Properties for about eight years, running their New York property management and operational group with a couple of different properties and were directly managed by us and or in a joint venture. And so now I've kind of moved on to the occupier side, running the global real estate for us internally in Omers. So it's really great. I get to have both sides a bit of the picture between being a landlord and kind of how we wanted to capture tenancy and now being an occupier and a tenant trying to interface with different landlords to to kind of gain our efficiencies and think of ways of how to utilize our space better. So thank you for having me on. I know. Thank you for coming. I, I think given that you do have both sides, there's no better person because you've seen one side, now you're seeing the other. And so you have both. So the People hopefully listening to this will either be on one side or the other, so they'll they'll get something from it. So I'm going to get stuck straight into the questions, if that's okay with you, Michelle. That's great. Yeah. So part one, we're talking about the challenges that commercial landlords are facing. So this is your time at Oxford, really. So what insights can you tell us about the challenges that commercial landlords are starting to face today in this competitive market? Yeah, I mean, I think like, like everyone else, tenants are being really introspective about how they want to manage their real estate, changes in the way that we work with our employees, trying to think of our amenity set to be real game changers and try and keep kind of the workplace experience vibrant and having people come in and and not just in a way that is a forced measure, but is in a way that helps them feel like they have a community and they're belonging to something. So I think landlords are really, it's always been there to try and build the best amenity set so that you're able to achieve rents that you're looking to achieve. You're able to have a building that has a community to it and answer all of those needs for a tenant. It's just a little bit more, and I don't want to say challenging. I think there's probably just more opportunities 
as landlords have to really differentiate themselves and what their offerings are and make it a bit basic so that people can have a bit of wellness when they're coming into the office. Because look, when we think of employees, and, and this is just me as an occupier myself, is you know, we're, we're stepping away from the things that matter to us most, if it's family or other activities that we love to do. And when we come into the office, we say, how do we make that experience seamless? You know, is it difficult to get in? Is there some way to digitize something so that lives can get better? And I think landlords are really trying to think about that in a different way. I mean, I know myself, the idea of me getting my train ticket to come into the office on my phone, I can then order my coffee and have it ready for me to pick up through my mobile app pickup from whatever vendor I go to, walking into the office and then hopefully even being able to do a digital access card on my phone. So it's all these different things that seamlessly happen. I think that's really what landlords are thinking about today and have been thinking for a while. It's just been, I think, propelled even more so to the front of like front and center of what they need to deal with and, and thinking about them managing expenses in that way. So I think it's an awesome way for landlords to really start to investigate how they can make the experience for their tenants even better. How can they market those things? And I'm actually pretty excited about all of the new things that you can do and what and what people are really trying to do as game changers. And then it's a little different because I think tenants now are really trying to think about, okay, what's the most efficient way to u- utilize their spaces? Do they need as much space if they're growing? You know, how can really how can we really think about the use that we think is collaboration? Well, is it really that? You know, I think there's a perceived use of space that people have and then what actually happens in that space. So it's great to have certain technologies come and help us identify that a bit better and put some more data and analytics around it. So I think if the tenant uses something as well as a landlord or a landlord could provide an offering that provides that type of service for them to be able to just understand their spaces better. I mean, I think those are great opportunities for the market today for landlords and tenants to work a little bit closer together than they used to. I agree. And, and actually comes very well onto the next question. Which parts of those? And, and you've said something that one of the, our landlord customers in the UK does, but which parts of those do you think the landlord should do or which parts of those are, the, are more of a challenge for the landlord to do or try and offer? So there's the operational day-to-day stuff, which they should do to try and make things better. But then there's the more strategic piece. So which parts do you think are day-to-day operational decisions that they should make? And which ones do you think are more strategic in the balance of, of landlord-tenant? Well, you know, it's interesting. I think what landlords need to be more strategic about is how to be in partnerships with their tenants and to understand the needs that they have for the space that they're looking to achieve for their employees. Sometimes as a landlord, you, you sort of just think about what you want to run as a product offering, but sometimes that doesn't always match to the tenancy that you have. And so I think when you can you can sit down with them and understand what they're looking to achieve and what they're looking to have as a goal for their employee experience you know you can work in tandem together and i think there's certain products out there that if they're providing an offering about helping tenants understand their space or if they're providing you know more offerings on trying to get more amenities in the space how do they make that more seamless for the tendency that they have in their group. And that's that's like a strategic idea that you do together in partnership so that you can understand really how do we get the tenant to then stay, right? The whole point is 
we always want the tenant to stay, right? Like you get them in and you want to be able to achieve things so that you're not having a lot of role and that you're hopefully that they're going to be happy enough and nothing's perfect in any situation. But if there's ways that they're willing to put kind of like where the, the money, where the mouth is, like that's a really important goal. Like if they can offer a sort of technology that can help us balance like HVAC controls where they are accountable for theirs and we can see and have that be transparent. I think that says a lot about being able to trust the landlord and developing that relationship long term. I think it gets scary because sometimes as a landlord, you don't want everybody to see what's going on behind the scenes. And it's <laughs> and, and sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good. But I think that's the part of them having to really try to achieve the right operational efficiency for the building so that if they're able to be more transparent about how they do some of these things, then the tenant can take advantage of that, right? We can work in tandem to think about better ways of how to manage sustainability, how to manage operational utility costs. I mean, I think that's where the real focus should be. And sometimes it gets very difficult, right? Because we're all we're all in the market to make to make it a business that's thriving. But I think yeah. if you can think of a way to have it thrive together, then you'll really be able to make some change and, and have a tenant gain its long-term tenancy with you, right? You develop that relationship, they understand what you need, and then you can be strategic together. So it doesn't have to be one or the other. It could be really a partnership between the two. And, you know, when you get that product offering and they hear that that it's in the market, like that's a game changer for both sides, right? So I think that's always really advantageous. I'm a bit of a simple person. So I, I would have thought it always would have been a partnership, but it wasn't before, but it's more so now, right? There's more competition in the market to keep tenants happy and to keep them in your building. So I think all of that is very strategic, but it's also, as you said, it's also important because you want to be in partnership with your tenants. You don't want it to be, you know, us and them. You want it to be one group together providing, as you said, the right, the right model to fit both parties. On the last part of this, the challenges that landlords are facing. So the, the last part comes from where do the challenges come from? So the landlords, are they come from external factors such as market trends or investors, or are they coming from internal factors like tenants? Where is the push and the pull coming from for, for you guys? It always comes from every direction, right? There's <laughs> internal, right? It's like no matter where you go, it comes from everything. Because, you know, the more you start to think about what the market shift is like, you know, you got to batten down the hatches sometimes or really relook at your expenses, really take a moment to understand what type of capital work you're going to be doing for those investments. Are they going to have a return that you're looking for? And then it's also that internal push of the tenancy. You know, they want to get the best product they can for what they're paying for in rent. So I would say it obviously comes from all levels. I think we all have that within the business that we're in. It's really trying to focus on where can you make some of these changes that your your team, especially like the property management team that's working in these in these offices that run the business, sometimes they don't even understand that they're fully running a business like a CEO. And and they should because that's what helps them understand how to get the best product out to their tenant base and really understanding the financials and and saying, okay, how do we look at the lay of the land of what's coming? We all don't have a crystal ball as to what is going to happen from our external factors in the economy and whatnot. But if if we try and really think about what might make the best investments long term, I don't think those will ever really go wrong because if you can invest in some of those if you can invest in yourself in some of those down cycles you know overall long term 
I think that's always the best way. You come out on top because when everybody is still kind of like batting the hatches down, you're going to be offering something that's going to be available in the market that when it starts to upswing again, nobody else is going to have and it's a differentiator. So I think there has to be some things in a practical measure to say, what could there be from a long-term capital investments in our assets that will help us um, change kind of what we're doing? And, you know, I love sustainability. I think it's one of those things, if we could really think ahead at how technology might help the infrastructure more and more give us information about how long-term we can improve our process and our efficiencies within buildings. I mean, I think that's something that you can invest in and will be incredibly useful for us, not just now, but into the future, right? So I think if we start to take a look at some of that, that would be fantastic even more so. And then tenants can utilize it as well, right? That, that's a great way for them to understand, all right, the more efficient we become, the better it is for us, right? Yeah. The lower the operating expenses become, if we can get them lower, the better we can achieve some of those sustainability initiatives that we all have from an ESG perspective. So I think there's different ways from those factors that come in that we just have to be smart about what we think will be a long-term kind of gain for us. I think technology is one of it. I think it's an amazing kind of way to, to really relook at how you're utilizing your spaces better, how you're utilizing the sunlight better when it's hitting other, you know, like there's just more things to do. And I'm hoping that as landlords in general, we're able to kind of really, really put that at the forefront and continue moving that forward. Yeah. I, I think the strategic part people need to think more and more about, right? Because if you're only ever looking at the here and now, as you said, when you come out the other side of this, which we will, then then if you've done something strategic and you've got that advantage, then it's easier for you to sell services. As you said, put your brand in a in a different position to be able to people to say, Oxford does this and they've done this for years. So we should be talking to them. So I think, yeah, I, I never thought of it that way, but actually that's that makes a hell of a lot of sense. We're on to part two. So how landlords and tenants can drive efficiencies in their building. So question number one is what advice can you give to landlords or tenants when they're trying to drive efficiencies in their buildings? Now, we've covered quite a lot of this off, but is there any way that people can start to measure this physically within a building, do you think? I think it's it's interesting the technology that's coming out, even with like spatialization sensors, those types of things. I mean, that, those are important things that I think are that are out in the market, if it's not yourself, it's some other areas of some other companies, even trying to utilize Wi-Fi, understanding like how that could be of use if it's not a particular sensor. I mean, there are different ways to try and measure things that we really should be looking at just because the way people work is just so different than what it used to be. So we should yeah. be trying to get more educated, more intelligent about what the data really tells us. And so I think that's a really exciting part about my job right now is that I really get to look at it from a different angle and it can be done for both the landlord and the tenant. So I think if, as a landlord, if you're able to give a tenant an amenity to, that says, hey, we can measure some of this utilization for you in your space so you don't have to go out and do it. I mean, that's that's great, right? Like As a tenant, you're running a particular business. Like you're You're not there to start doing all of this more sensitive, you know, detailed work, you kind of just want to run your business, but then you also need information to help run it well and most efficiently. And I think individuals that are in roles that are either corporate services related, facilities related, you know, they need to start thinking about how they 
manage their teams and say, okay, are we getting the most information we can about how we utilize our spaces so that we know that we're using them efficiently enough? Are those collaboration spaces really being utilized? Are those conference rooms really being utilized? How much intake do you really get? Is there a way to think operationally about how we have people accessing our floors? Like we can be, it might be uncomfortable, the ideas, but some of the ideas you need to kind of talk through and maybe be a bit uncomfortable to think about because people are so used to the regular workday that they have. So part three. So given your role is global and you are a busy woman and you are all over the place, are there, from what you're seeing, not, not just in Oxford and Omars, but you're very well connected to your industry. Is, are there any countries that you would say that seem to be leading the way in terms of digitizing buildings and becoming more involved with the tenant and partnerships? Is there any region or any country that you think is ahead more than another? You know, what's interesting. I feel now that I've gone to most of our corporate offices, Europe and London have an incredible kind of push towards the way that they just work differently. I mean, I think there's more openness and flexibility in the way that individuals work in those regions than I've seen in some other. So, you know, in the U.S., sometimes it can feel a bit more, I don't want to say old school, but it feels more kind of rigid in terms of what people kind of identify as, okay, I have a workstation or a desk and whatnot, or, and there's a bit more of that, I think. But I do feel that globally, as I've been traveling around, there has just been an awareness that change has to happen within all of these regions. And so even in Sydney, as they're building a new development, what they're doing in terms of trying to get to you know, zero carbon emissions is incredible. So like you start to see that it's not just one area. Globally, there's a real trend to achieve what we hopefully will have is just a better sustainability initiative because I think we need it in general (laughs) from a global standpoint. Landlords are really aware about that. And I haven't, I, I will tell you, I don't think I've seen many places that have been a bit too formalized, but I think most have identified that because there is a push for organizations just internally to try to achieve better from a sustainability level, I've I've seen more and more countries adopting to it, right? So they're trying to their best to try and change some of that governance and really get a push. But I'll have to say from a from I, I would think my my one of my top offices that we have in the portfolio, I think, is from our Singapore office, that it just the way that they kind of run their digital experience, it has been great. And it's it was one of the offices that I, I loved to visit. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is amazing. And just the way that the country itself has just this greenery to it, it's not as industrial, it's just a way that they've kind of melded the two together that was pretty incredible that I hadn't seen. Like you just don't see that as much in the US, I guess. Because when you come to New York City, that is like the concrete sort of jungle yes, that you get, right? Jungle, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like when you start to see some greenery, like, oh my gosh, yeah. It's, unless you're on the, you know, kind of like the suburban areas, but it's I think they just had an incredible way of of melding the two and, and having yeah what is urbanization as well as just an appreciation for 
natural elements, like just the greenery that's there. I, I thought they really hit that on the money for me personally. I was just there the other week and I hadn't been there for a long time before that, but there is a lot of greenery around Singapore now, more so than there was before. So yeah, I think they are doing a very good job. And and I would say they're one of the, the leaders in trying to make Singapore in general a more sustainable country. So. That's right. That's right. I, 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 that was a plug for Singapore. They were, I have to say, <laughs> I was one of the, one of the offices that I thought, wow, they've, they're, they're, tr they're trying to get it right in many yeah. ways. And I just felt like the way they were able to incorporate a lot of those elements was just fantastic. So that was really great. As long as you like permanent summer and humidity, you're good if you go to Singapore. That's right. My hair was a different question, but that was fine. It definitely was not successful there, but that's okay. Given and I have very curly hair, which I don't let grow anymore. My nickname used to be Sideshow Bob. So I would be in the same place, Michelle. If my hair was, if my hair was long again, I'd be in exactly the same place. Next time we meet, I'll show you a picture just to give you a good laugh. That is it of the main questions. I've got some quick fire questions if I can throw those at you before we finish. Is that okay? All right. Let's see. Let's see cool. if I can get these done. Given your experience, what bit of advice would you give someone starting out in the commercial real estate industry today? I would say jump into every aspect of the business that you can. I think if you're able, and my trajectory was an interesting one, I started off as an admin. And everything that crossed my desk, I basically just read and asked questions about. And the more I learned, the more I was able to understand concepts, understand what needed to happen. You know, you get that business sense and acumen that, that builds. Don't kind of keep yourself into one siloed area. Understand your construction, understand sustainability, understand the legal portions, finance, think of yourself as that CEO of a business. And the more that you, you do that, and the more that you really jump into the business, the, the more successful you will be. There was not one opportunity in terms of just being able to attend a meeting that I could listen into that I didn't try and, and jump in. So keep yourself open and flexible because the things that you think might be may not be worth your time, all of a sudden present an opportunity for which you can just propel into something different than you ever thought you could. That's the best career advice I've heard in a long time. That is very good advice. Thank you. That, that is actually very, very good. I will play that back to my kids. So thank you. On a scale of one to 10 from, for an organization, how easy is it to start to make buildings more efficient? Ooh, how easy is it to make them more efficient? I think regardless of, you know, because others will need some, everything needs investment, right? Time and investment, getting funding for really trying to change an asset, whether you're making it for a Google or you're just trying to get it now running in a way that can meet standards that you need to as a landlord. It's never going to be easy, but I think you need to really take a look at your portfolio and say, okay, where where are these buildings located? Where is there an opportunity where we make a difference to this asset that can propel you? Like the community itself, is it changing? Did you start to see the shifts where you can make that investment and long-term it'll come out to being a fruitful investment for you as a landlord? So you really got to try and take a look at your portfolio and see what 
what advantages are happening within the market that can really help you take that asset to the next level. Not all will be winners, but then you have to think to yourself, all right, what am I going to shift out? What am I going to retain? What's the hold? And I think by taking a really careful look at what your assets are kind of bringing in in terms of returns, are there opportunities, then you should take a look at that a bit closer and, and see where you would make some of those changes. And the last question, because the podcast is now called The Measure, what's the one piece of data, let's talk about your old role for this question rather than your new role, what's the one piece of data you could never do without to do your old role on the landlord side? Oh, good question. You know, for us, it was more about trying to understand, well, there was a couple of different data points. One was understanding tenant kind of interfacing that type of understanding of, and surveying isn't really the right way to do it because you need to have, surveys can give you whatever they want in terms of information. It's (laughs) not always great. Um, Ask the right question. Yeah, yeah, it it really is all dependent on the question and, and really dependent on the individuals that you're trying to get the information from. So we would really try and target two key folks. It's either the deal maker for understanding how the long-term kind of process will be for the lease and how they're feeling and and if they're feeling good about the space in general. And then there would be the facilities and individual to say, what's happening? What's not right? How can we make the experience better for you as a tenant? Is there something that is not working that we can do to improve our services and our service offerings to you, right? We don't want to make life more difficult. There's some parameters we have to be around, but can we do it a little differently? That information from just a, I think a tenant satisfaction perspective was incredibly important to us because you know, you want to keep them happy to retain them. You want to bring in new tenancy. You want it to be long-term and you want to keep continue those relationships. Yes. Then the other side of it was from an operational perspective was really understanding how we managed. I think our HVAC systems was incredibly important to us because that all translated, you know, the largest line items that you have on your budget are like utilities as well as, you know, your cleaning and security stuff. I mean, that was big for us because we were trying to also understand, you know, in what ways can we then meet our sustainability goals that we were trying to achieve and that they're still the, the organization's still trying to achieve. So those were major data points for us because the more efficient we could become with that information and the more we could understand where we have loss, where we are not operating at an optimal level, that we could find areas of which then we can create some savings or we could think about ways of adjusting how we would operationalize the building itself. And, you know, some people get scared because they say, hey, it's a, like the automation of things gets a little scary for people because then yeah. it's like, well, then they're not going to need me. But there's a certain way to do it where you still have to have the interpreter of the information. There still is a need to run the actual operations of an asset, running the 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 systems themselves will always need people. It's just understanding that how you do it, where you can really gain the most out of your systems is the, the is what people should be looking towards. And I think the the smarter we are about that, the better we can be with just managing the business and be, getting opportunities of, of not just creating expense reduction, but revenue opportunities at the building itself, right? So there's, it goes hand in hand. 
So those are the two that I would say would, would be incredibly important. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to The Measure Podcast. Before you go, we can see a lot of people are listening and enjoying the podcast, but aren't leaving us a review. So if you've enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes, please head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review if you'd be so kind. Please also leave us some comments. It helps us provide great guests and have great chats. No bullshit, no small talk, but valuable information to help people in their roles. And finally... Don't forget to subscribe to The Measure now so you don't miss anything.